Welcome to episode 321 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. And as it's an obligatory measure at this point, I have to describe what he is wearing. (laughs) Currently, my co-host, Russell John the Fisherman. Let's talk about his physical appearance. He is wearing a clad leather red jumpsuit okay. with a pink sombrero that says caliente papi mm-hmm. and a red lobster bib you left that out you know i'm a captain d's fan oh you're a fan of d's for sure um no i have my my long sleeve conan shirt on i love it i have to wear non-brand things because you'll call me out on it even though one of us has to promote somehow in this house <laughs> well i actually leave every now and then I mean, you wear your merch more than the guitarist for Iron Maiden. The guitarist? They have three, thank you very much. I understand. (laughs) Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Steve, the big merch guy. The one that looks like the old, he looks like the world's oldest, tiredest baby. Yeah, he's a giant uh, corpse-looking dude on stilts. You got Nico on drums back there. Oh, you you got one. I know Nico. How can I not remember Nico McBrain? (laughs) You know, I shouldn't give you shit because you did leave the house and you've been pushing porn on me ever since you got back. Okay. Well, it's animated. (laughs) Does that help? I still can't believe you bought a graphic novel. I read it all in one day. It's almost like you came back with like treasure. You're like, it's like, where did you go? Apparently you found a, what, one, two, was it, is it one, two, three, four? No. Um, (laughs) One, two, three, four, stop. Silver Sprocket, Indie Comics, Arts, and Zines. And you're telling me that's a new business. I don't know why I pluralized art. It, but it's that's a new company, right? So they may have been in where um, 1234 Go in San Francisco was on Valencia, but they moved a couple doors down. Okay. So they're a new business that's already been downgraded. That was a great spot. I, I mean, honestly, I believe it. Honestly, I think it may be bigger. Oh, in the other place. I like that corner shop too. It's great. Well, hopefully we can go there today. It was last weekend in one, two, three, four, go, right? Was this? I think it was. They both were in there. I don't think this is. You don't remember the record store? No, I do. Yeah. No, no, I did stand up at Lost Weekend, but in the basement. Yeah. So did you ever go in the basement no, I never Lost went Weekend? Down there. Okay. I was so never the, invited down. The basement at Lost Weekend is in a was in a room <laughs> that. M- is bigger than this room. Wait, it's literally a basement, too. Oh, 100%. Which is a unique for the Bay Area. It was not a big room. It's smaller than our living room. Okay. That room was smaller than our living room, but you could probably fit 30 people, 30 to 40 people jam-packed in there, oh, cool. which is what we did. And they all had, uh, there were theater seats in there. So, And also the ceiling, I could touch the ceiling. Oh, and you bombed the basement. It was great. No, I had a good set. Thank you very much. Can we get a taste? No. <laughs> This was 10 years ago. <laughs> All right. And also, I did the set at 11.30 p.m. A.m. would have been worse. And I, of course, was like, hey, can I go on first? <laughs> <laughs> Since I go on, I got out of there. Yeah. Good supporter. You've always been. Well, it was like 12.30. I was like, eh, this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to open in the morning. There you go. Also joining us is uh, Oksana Valerianova Osachi. She's wearing the exact same thing Russell is, so. <laughs> I picked it out. We coordinated. Oksana, how are you today? I'm good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I feel like my, I'm juggling too many things in my brain, so they're all kind of mushing together. 
Also, the theater of mind bit that you're doing with the wardrobe, you really, you gave her an out because the shirt she's wearing is worse than what you came up with. (laughs) Oh, well, we won't. Not, no, not, not the hoodie. It's what's under there. He saw it. Oh boy. Show, show him. He saw it. Oh, no, that's a great shirt. It's a Walmart cat shirt leaning on some spell books. I don't know. Pretty great. It's not from Walmart, though. That is irony. Why don't you get some big frame glasses and you can walk around like one of those girls? These aren't big enough. No, I mean like size? like like look at Randy's bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't um didn't they used to do screenings in that basement too that you were talking about like movies? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. They had theater seats down there. It was, yeah, yeah. I've never been. Zodiac there. murdered a couple people down there. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. It may it may be that space, but I I didn't. What is it now? No, no. Well, <laughs> you know what? It may be. It okay. may be. I don't know. We have to go back. Are we going back to the today? mental journey you just went on? No, it's I... just because I I don't know. Everything runs together, and it was a decade ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Well, what is it now? Is it for rent? I don't know. I don't know the exact spot, <laughs> okay. but it's all on Valencia, and it all kind of runs together. I'm like, we should go get it. We have our own little Roxy. Yeah. Make the real Clark little Roxy. And also joining us in his, uh, we talked about this off microphone, but Randy's wearing a very loud, um, colorful, bright. Russell, you have any more adjectives for Randy's t-shirt? It's very today. geometric. Geometric. Mathematical. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> I didn't know if you were done describing it or not. Yeah, it's almost as loud as my Lahane t-shirt. Uh, this is a shirt from the band Emdu Mokhtar from Africa, who opened for Parquet Courts out here in Atlanta on Wednesday. None of those were words. <laughs> here's, here's, Mark saw Parquet Courts with me. Yes. Parquet also, Courts? If, okay. Also, a little bit of uh, show history oh, for no. you as well. The first episode we ever recorded of the Overlook Hour, immediately after we concluded our first show with, who was our first guest, Russell? Uh, Grant? Yep. The gross uncle, the artist himself, uh, from Gummo, Ohio. Yep. He did Um, not like that bit. Nope. Still doesn't. (laughs) He still does not. As soon as that show was over, I hopped into an Uber, was going to meet Randy over at, uh, what was it? Great American? No, Regency Regency Ballroom. Yeah. I want to call it the Great American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Regency Ballroom to go see another band, but Parquet Courts was the headliner. And then as soon as I got into the Uber, the band I wanted to go see, Randy texted me and said that they weren't going to be able to make <laughs> the show. So yeah. I saw Parquet Courts after the first ever recording of this very podcast. Do they parkour on stage? They do not. They were I they were kind of boring. <laughs> They're all right. I uh, I haven't listened to their last like two records or so, um, but they were cool. Yeah, good deal. I don't believe it. But you like you like these fellows from Africa? I did. Yeah, they were uh, super solid, and yeah, just very different, you know, than stuff that we listen to out here. Different like Language. scales and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, they're just very impressive. Super tight, like rhythm section, and the main guitarist, like he's a. Uh, He's shredding with just no pick, just, just like all fingers and like making cool, like weird kind of like dissonant noises just by like playing like strings weird and stuff like that. But it was good. Oh. That's that's the beauty of art, my friend. I could do it one way. You could do it <laughs> another. 
Let's have fun. It is a um, subject of a couple of Lovecraftian stories where people do invent new <sighs> scales because it's a thing you can't really, you know, change. But I feel like Randy's turning into Henry Rollins with this, like, oh, my favorite music is a uh, Japanese autistic man who plays a <laughs> bucket and a pole. You, you are getting a little bit there, Randy. What the hell? A little bit. I don't have uh, enough attention to follow new music or to like dig that deep into things, but I definitely do appreciate uh, when I have dipped into Henry Rollins's radio show because, yeah, he does have just a lot of obscure <laughs> things. You know, it is funny. I, you know, we're new to Spotify here, and me and Oksana, like, we had a lot of fun making like our favorite list. And uh, it turned into a thing where that's all I play. And now I'm starting to hate all of it. Mm. I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like, I can't, I can't listen to an album. When, when do you listen to an album? I've been meaning to listen to the Nick Cave album for the last year. But it's like, when is the right time? Like, when I was younger, I, yeah. I, you know, there'd be moments where I would just sit down and listen so to music. So I decided I'm going to get the vinyl and just do it that way. I'm going, but then when are you going to do that? I, I need to do it more. That's why I'm saying I, I want to, because Randy gifted us a record player, yeah. and I wanted to put mine up there, and we'll put Randy's in the living room. It is funny. You do have the exact yeah. same model. Yeah. It's the exact same. Yeah. Exact same. Different stickers. That's about it. Yeah. My, st- my stickers are cooler. I, they're a little hipster. How are mine hipster? They're a little hipster. They're bo- both of y'all have like all's Randy's is pretty hipster. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine has a uh, Jeff Goldblum sticker on it from Cafe St. George in San Francisco, which I don't know if it's still there. It probably is, but I'm not <laughs> I sure. Have a, I have a Bill Hicks poster. Poster? No. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you Thank taped you. it to the... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't mean to do that. But uh, also something else I wanted to bring up, and now I forgot. Also, Oksana's supposed to bring up something. We got a plug. Oksana? Yeah, you didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, I got okay. I got to intro you. Oksana's okay. got a plug. Wait, well, hold on. I mean, Here we go. We're in the middle of something. Oh my god, you're so dumb. Oksana's <laughs> plug. <laughs> uh, Russell and I were guests, returning guests on a podcast that we did last year with um, an up twenty four hour filmmaker who made That's Not Austin. We we're on the Seltzer Cast, which should be going live. Probably the same day that this is. So. Are you not going to mention the name of that person? The most Irish name. Sean Patrick Sean, O'Brien. Sean Patrick O'Brien. The most Irish name. <laughs> also, um, you know, uh, when I think of our older episodes of our podcast, it's deeply embarrassing. <laughs> and especially on my part, Clark was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I think he is owed some credit for that. And um, I'm telling you, hanging out with the I don't sh- lift shit anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> And hanging out with Sean now, I'm like, dude, I can feel uh, his growth. Oh, my goodness. He, he's a grower. Uh, Randy, isolate that, please. <laughs> no, it was it was a lot of fun. And um, again, Clark wasn't there because he decided he wanted to go see the Batman instead of hang out with us. So. At 10 in the morning. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. we, with we a might. Bloody Mary and another soggy BLT. <laughs> Fuck again? Again. All right. That bottom bun. They're not toasting that bottom bun, dude. <laughs> like, so, what are you doing? Because of the flavor that we were reviewing, um, we're now in an exclusive on an exclusive list. So whenever um, Liquid Death comes up again, we'll be on that episode whenever that happens. Yeah. You know the LD boys? He's got a group. 
I don't know. I think we could get you in. We get it. We leave the back door open for you. Hey, I introduced LD to you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And also, uh, a little bit of a spoiler. Um, Sean uh, had a little bit of beef with the Liquid Death. So I just stand up. You know, we had Will Carsola on our program. We hung out with him. And uh, I was like, don't you fucking dare. So we might have gotten into a fight. No, oh boy. And, um, you know, before we start the show officially, I'm going to just go ahead and say now uh, Thomas is not dead of the TBR report. Uh, he was deep in another country looking for found footage and, uh, he has returned. He sent me a, um, a new, uh, file to, to cover this week. I'm not, I'm going to put it off. So TBR will be next week. This week. I think I'm going to take this opportunity right now to run through pretty quickly. The, uh, found footage program we've got for the unnamed footage festival five. I'm going to do my best to keep this short. I, um, you almost said timer. Yeah, go ahead. Let's I try and keep it 10. 10, 10 minutes. 10 or 15. Um, Hold so, on. And. You're good? Now. All right. Uh, I, I wish I was ready for like a countdown. Strong <laughs> <Because> start. I, <laughs> anyway, Thomas will be back next week. Uh, we love him. Um, real quick here. So, Unnamed Fudge Festival 5. Uh, we're opening up at the Alamo. Now, this is a partner program. So, if you buy a badge, it's not going to get you in here. But um, Jake, our homie, he's bringing culture back to the Bay Area, and he's given us an opportunity to collaborate on a Terra Tuesday with him. And uh, we're going to be showing Behind the Mask. Now, instead of running through that movie, I feel like y'all probably know what it is. If you don't, you're an idiot. We had David Stevie, the writer, on our show in episode 52. So if you're a brave adventurer and you want to go back that far, uh, good luck. Don't tell me about it. Uh, David was great, though. Um, on Thursday, we begin officially on St. Patrick's day. We're going to be at the ATA again. Uh, this, I mean, we're on a holiday, so we thought, perfect. Let's show a holiday found footage movie. And we dug up the rare Halloween movie for St. Patrick's day. And, um, uh, word on the street is we might, uh, have a little appearance from Nigel Bach, who I'm not going to run through haunted highway, uh, bad band seven, which is the movie we're showing. But if you want to hear us talk to Nigel, he's been on here three times, I think. You only give me two titles here, producer. So he was on episode 28 and 290. I know he's on there again sometime in between. We've talked to him three times. We talked to him three times. There's another number in there. It's fine. Uh, That night, we should have a beer sponsor, too. So if you're local, uh, come out here. We're going to get you drunk and take advantage of you. And we're going to do a a college (laughs) thing. They call them power hours. I don't know. This is Madeline's yeah. uh, Frankenstein, where uh, we're going to run through a clip show of uh, found footage films. I this is, I'm going to buckle up for this one. I don't know what it is. Randy, you down for the power hour, dude? Uh, I, I may or may not be there. What the? F- Wait a minute. You're flying out for this. Randy, you're going to be here. Yeah, I have uh, family and other people to see throughout the week too. So oh. I'm trying to do my best to schedule everything out. But it's a Thursday. Wait, no, no. Party. It's appropriate. If he's gonna Irish goodbye uh on St. Patrick's Day, it's appropriate. On um <laughs> Friday, the 18th, we're gonna be at the big Roxy. Now, this one you gotta turn out for. Um, we're we're excited. I'm personally am very excited I'll be there. to show Richard Perry's movie, Bass, which has never screened in America. I'm pretty sure. This is gonna be the first time theatrically ever. And uh we beat up the Roxy to let us let us in and this movie is going to give you vertigo when you go in there and uh again for those not completely in on the horror this is a faux documentary that is terrifying in a not like grotesque way 
do not miss that screening. If you're flirting with coming out to like maybe a film, make it that one. Um, tickets for that are available on the Roxy website or our badge will get you in. Um, same thing with the Thursday screening. Uh, the badge will get you in for our uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration. On Saturday, the 19th, this is all in March. Uh, this is like, fuck, less than two weeks away. Where We open up at the Balboa. Uh, first film we're doing, we're Fuck the World, FTW, by my man crush, Jorge Torres Torres. Or for the win. It's not for the win. Uh, he will be flying out, so we should be hanging out with him. If you want to hear Jorge Torres Torres, uh, he was on episode 243, 272, and 297. And he will be back for another three episodes this year and probably <laughs> next year. And if you want to see... <laughs> Um, JTT, just look at Russell's bedroom wall. Oh yeah, it's everywhere because he's his man crush. I actually brought Jasadi <laughs> and our buddy Josh, our East Bay cinematographer, photographer friends. They took many photos with me and Jorge. They're all over our bathroom walls. And you've been cranking. <laughs> I've been cranking. <laughs> it's like a Resident Evil game. <laughs> um, next we have a uh, masking threshold. Uh, now this is a film that we haven't had the director on, but I'm gonna just read from the website. Uh. It's a hybrid mockumentary. Masking Threshold tracks the descent into madness of an isolated would-be scientist. Now, this film is one of the ones that only could have worked with the hybrid. It breaks format, maybe. That's a conversation we could have after, but it feels like a agoraphobic scientist using microfilm to record insane shit. It's um, a visual buffet, that film. It's a little heady, though. So uh, have a coffee. Um, then we're going into Curse of Aurora. Uh, y'all remember Meron and Lana? Uh, we had them in episode 266. That one's going to be a lot of fun. They're coming out for it. So uh, refresh on that. Then we get into one that I haven't updated the goddamn title. Because when you run a film fest and you get a, an interesting film from uh, the director of Mean Creek. That's the movie where uh, Josh from J- Drake and Josh gets killed on a river. Um, he... Oh, five minutes. Okay. I thought you were raising your hand because you wanted to jump in. No. Uh, good. I'm, I'm doing good on the You're time. Doing good. So the director of Mean Creek has a found footage movie he made it with his children in lockdown. When I say children, they're young. Uh, we get a little uh, Larry Clark here. We have uh, intimate uh, footage of both kids. What, you're giving me a look. Okay. This is going the wrong direction. Well, let me rewind it. Um, you Belong to Me is not. What's the title now? He's watching. He's watching is now the title. Ooh, when, Santa Claus. So again, like I mentioned, two weeks out, we have a, a director of note where he's made a film in his own house during the lockdown, and uh, we don't have any EPK. We don't have any. Oh man, we don't have a poster. We don't have stills that we can share with you for this thing. It is being recut as we speak, but there will be a movie we show. We saw the original cut. Which was in incredible. I think it's a visual buffet, and it's also a hybrid film, so it's perfect for this year. Um, it's tough to talk about though because I don't even know the finished product right now. So don't miss that. It's going to be. I mean, we'll discover this film together. Uh, after that, uh, we have Collingswood, um, the Collingswood story. Now, uh, Mike Costanza was supposed to be a guest on the show a long time ago. I I fumbled that ball. He did send us a DVD, and I literally think we're talking about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bay Area Local. This is the um, Screen Life movie that was made before Skype was even around. So he basically was making up what it would look like. 
this is a incredible 90s nostalgia piece that it's just it's a reality that never was and uh he's coming out i think cast is going to be with them don't miss that one then we have the outwaters uh y'all heard robbie banfitch uh in episode 318 what that was like a couple weeks ago yeah so i'm not going to run through that then we got we're closing out saturday with the zand order um sarah was on the show last week i think as our guest uh so listen to that episode that's going to be a ton of fun also if you don't listen to our interviews and you've made it this far through my screen listen to the interviews i honestly think me and clark do our best work when we're talking to other people especially filmmakers that don't really have a platform and uh we're fans like we're enthusiastic about these things so do that skip these stupid episodes nobody likes them anyway uh then on sunday we're opening up with the gerber syndrome y'all remember maximilian he uh He's the um, soothsayer that looked into his crystal ball and predicted COVID. So maybe we should blame him for it. But anyway, that faux doc is playing and it's I'm ready to have some good conversations after that one. Um, after that, we're going into Wesson's, which is a film that uh, Clark was smitten with. Uh, we're doing some highbrow filmmaker on what, 18 millimeter and or 16 millimeter and super eight. This film is one of the most authentic, I think, uh, this could really be a found footage movie. Like if you're out in the Australian desert and you found a reel, I feel you would buy this. Yeah. Um, also a lot of really highbrow influences here. We get a lot of Kubrickian stuff and that one's, uh, that's, that's one for the Bay area crowd. And you also get some slapping South African folk music. Okay. I think Randy's wearing the shirt right now. Um, <laughs> After that, we're going into Bolt Driver. We got a double feature, a Craig Healy double feature that uh, Madeline R.I.P. are, uh, you know, the the fifth member of this show that's never on it. Uh, double feature of Bolt Driver and Craig Fix It at America. This, is, this one's a um, hybrid mixed media thing. It's uh, got a lot of political satire in it. I think Madeline put it best where it's we're navigating incel culture through a tr- Trumpism lens using a snapchat filter it is both uh insightful and comedic and also bolt driver is a parody of taxi driver so there's something there for randy too um then after that we're going into putrefiction a video of nina temich which is the first ever feature film shot completely with a 360 camera this was a late submission from mexico and uh, it's one of those ones where it's like, fuck, we have our program set, but we need to we need to put this in here. Um, if you know what a 360 camera is, uh, if you've ever been on YouTube and watched a BMX uh, rider and it looks like the camera's floating directly above their head, that's what a 360 camera is. They frame it up and distort reality as these characters take DMT. It is incredible. I love that film. Am I over? We just hit it. We just hit it. Okay, I only got three more left. Um, next we got Deadware, which, uh, episode 312 with Isaac Rodriguez, he's, he's one of the new wave of found footage horror and, um, Deadware's never played in a theater because you know how these found footage guys go. They just dump their stuff online. So take this opportunity. We got it. It's another screen life movie set in like late nineties. Actually it's set. One of the characters is in the Bay area. She's a, uh, she's a chat room vampire. And uh, it's fucking incredible. She fits right in. Also, Isaac's coming out. So come say hi to Isaac. Also, one of the actors from Gerber Syndrome will be out here, too. We we got a lot of filmmakers. Then we got Malibu Horror Story, which was uh, another late edition. Um, 
didn't have the director on, so I'm just going to read uh, from our website. A team of paranormal investigators search a sacred Native American cave for clues in the unsolved disappearance of four local teens. This movie kind of takes... Um, this is a sequel to the Jamie Kennedy Malibu's Most Wanted. There you right? go, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Imagine if fire... So I made a, a pun in one of the write-ups I did. I called it Fire TikTok with me. Ooh. Does that land? This, this is the only crowd it would land for. I'll take it. And I'll allow it. We're doing that. We got the white picket fence, kind of like good kids. Everybody knows them. They go missing. They find their, one of their phones, and they look at all the footage that came out of it and uh not the best kids they go to a rave and they do some drugs and uh they end up in a cave um this one is gonna be fucking fun this is a straight horror movie and i believe the director used 30 different kind of cameras to capture this thing it is a mixed media buffet that's malibu horror story after that we got the alien report not gonna run through that one because we had patrick and kevin on episode 260 that's again, I think another theat West Coast premiere or something. Mm-hmm. That's going to look incredible on a big screen. And finally, we're ending with my Ender Demon, a Geraldson tale. Uh, if you don't remember Gerald, Gerald, Geraldson, he shut out uh, of three. He did a stand-up set. Gerald Varga. Ger- Gerald Varga. I'm sorry, referred to the uh, fictional murderer name he goes by. Yes. Gerald Varga was on episode 137. Check that out. Uh, we're all very smitten with that film. He showed up to our festival, hung out the whole time. And uh, he had a movie that was a little rough, but we loved it. There was a lot of heart. And he came back. He fucking amped it up. I think he took notes. He just learned. He also did his character that he hasn't done in years. And he just did it because we asked him. to. Yeah, he revived it. Uh, we love Gerald. So that's it for in person. Uh, stick with us in two weeks when we talk about our online <laughs> because we are gluttons for punishment. Mm. So what was my final time? I go over like five minutes. You went over, you did, uh, we're just at 13. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, I, I failed there, but That's okay. that could have been a lot longer. Yeah. Have we not put that caveat there? We'd still be talking. You'd be halfway done. I know. And I lost you because you're watching a baseball game now. I can That's tell. not important. <laughs> Anyway, you you ready to start the show officially? Start the show! Now now that everybody's left, um, if you don't remember last week, uh, David showed up. He was a little uh, weird, and he got in this Putin thing. And uh, I can't take any more of that. He he seemed okay today. Okay, I'm not completely convinced that he's not going to go off on a weird screen. Are we are we going to go our normal bets bets here? Yeah, y'all want to take some bets. We got the work train for sure, right? Uh, okay, so you think the work train is returning? Do we lead with work train, guys? Producers? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, you all are, the glass is half full in this room. All right, so we, we, we know we got the work train. Mm-hmm. We got the weekend projects. Okay, you think weekend projects are coming Definitely got to be weekend projects. And then definitely we're talking dining car, Randy. I mean, there's got to be coffee. Coffee and might be first. I'm going to bet that he doesn't mention coffee. Okay, no coffee. So you're probably going to say no cookie either. That's my hot take. Yeah, no cookie. No coffee, no cookie. No coffee. (laughs) No coffee, no cookie. I think he's going to talk about materials more than edibles. Materials. That that threw me off. I know. (laughs) All right. Okay. So cookies, Oksana's no. All right. Let's let's let him in. Good morning. It's March 6th. 2022, and it's a Sunday. Today is day two 
of weekend projects. Second day of riding the fun work train. Okay. And let's hope this train rides us to a world at peace very soon. <laughs> Everyone, oh. have a great day. Wait, that that's it? Well, okay. Well, well. I was half right. Uh, he, <laughs> well, that was a half-assed effort. I, I can't believe we flew him out for <laughs> Let's that. Let's be clear. Wait, so the, the happy work train supposed to ride Boy, us to a happy he's, world? He's skating by on Sundays now. <laughs> I don't the he, world peace train, dude. <laughs> the world peace train. All right. I don't know. We got to get him some Ambien or something. What What's an antidepressant? Is that Ambien? Sure. The sleep thing. Okay. Clearly, it- half of this crew needs to be on antidepressants. I like, do. I know. <laughs> Agreed, but none of us are. Or at least I'm not. I don't know. Well, there's our problem. <laughs> You and y'all and Lynch need to hook up. I have my graphic novels. Yeah, you have your weird (laughs) porn that you bought. I you're gonna read it. I am gonna read it. Thank you. I did open it up and I just saw a uh, naked body with boobs and a wiener. Yeah, that was the first page. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I got an open mind. But it's a dog. All right, you start the show. You keep looking at the damn baseball game. You're making me worry. It's very riveting. What's happening right now? Now. (laughs) Um, yeah, let's get into it. We have a lot of motion pictures to discuss. We just hit the half hour mark on this episode, so we got a we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Do you remember what you're doing, right Smokey now? and the Bandit? <laughs> Randy, what you bringing to the table this week, son? Yes, sir. So last week we recorded, uh, and we talked about a movie that Russell went and saw and got blackout drunk during called. <laughs> You got to narrow it down further. <laughs> Featuring the Foo Fighters. Oh, boy. Called Studio 666. And this is the part of the show where I talk about a movie we already talked about. Um, <clears throat> I know. I know. I'm doing something. I had a point. Okay. <laughs> it's the Russell Retread. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not bad. I had fun. <laughs> See, we knew you, Russell. You called it. You knew this was going to be more of a Randy thing. But Randy, it's interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we have the same rating. Oh, okay. I mean, I gave it a three as well. Like, it's not, it's not a great movie. Um, I probably had a little more fun watching it just because I kind of enjoy the Foo Fighters and enjoy Dave Grohl. Um, I think you said Taylor Hawkins was the one that like said like fuck the script essentially. I didn't think he yeah. was that bad. Pat Smear is definitely not not He's great terrible. in the movie. He's fucking terrible. And the bassist, whose name I'm forgetting, not not great either. <laughs> but I don't know. It was fun. I liked uh, Jeff Garland <laughs> showing up in it. There were some, as we mentioned in uh, the interview this week, there's some good gore in this movie, which is, I guess, a highlight of it. Um, there was some fun music instrument related kills at least one that i really remember that that was that was fun are you talking about like the ride symbol yeah yeah that was fucking good what about forte that was pretty good. like a forte forte was solid yeah he forgets the ranch dressing which is a uh oh, a thing that it. happens to clark every week they forgot it yesterday oh my god did we did we talk about that on the show when you got your little kid steak from uh outback i got it again every saturday i have my obligatory delivery meal from the Outback Steakhouse, and yes, I order a children's steak. 
And I, you know, I saw the meal. Hey, it looks good. That steak looked good. <laughs> it's so good. And you threw a fit like you're in a fucking booster seat. You were pounding the table. You I were wasn't so, pounding you the were table. You were so angry. Was it, yes, I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking messed up my iced tea. And you were like hitting the table. Okay, I didn't care about the iced tea. I cared about the ranch dressing. Uh, and they forgot the ranch. <laughs> Yesterday, not only did they forget the ranch for the third week in a row, mm-hmm. they forgot the butter for the bread. And the bread, oh my god, my heart broke because you were throwing a fit, and I was like, "What is wrong with this man?" And then you, you, you're like, you grab the bread and you took a bite. It sounded like you bit a brick. <laughs> it crunched, it <laughs> crumbs went all over, and you threw it on the table. And I was like, "Okay, I feel that pain because that bread's normally so soft." Because this is this was my, I, 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 uh, that's my cheat meal of the week. And when it's fucked up, I lose my fucking mind. <laughs> Yeah, Will Forte. What what a good role. I my my favorite cameo, other than seeing Carrie King get belittled, was definitely Lionel Richie, though. Yeah, it was quick, but it was it was funny. It, you know, I thought about it, and it it really wasn't that weird of a movie. So no. I don't I don't know how I feel about it now. Well, just the whole like it's big budget, but they can't act. And I was thinking, wait a minute, Kiss did that forever ago. Oh yeah, with the Phantom of the Park, they made a movie. Huh. They didn't know what the fuck they're doing, but they had a budget. So I guess. I don't know. I guess it's not that. I mean, early. the Beatles did that. Well, so the Foo Fighters, the been... monkeys did that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like a music. But genre the monkeys thing. were on acid, and Jack Nicholson did it. So what? What about the Beatles? Were they doing drugs then too? Were Probably. the Beatles doing <laughs> drugs? I thought they were straight edge. The doy. Oh, wow, I hated that. You really got some Carlos Mencia <laughs> shit in that one. Yeah, you did. Did eat. But the other thing is, the Foo Fighters have been doing weird shit lately. Like, did you listen to their Bee Gees album? I didn't know, but they did cover a Bee Gees track when I saw them recently. Wait, what? <laughs> when did you go to a show? Uh, I went to Shaky Knees. It's a music festival out here. I went a couple months ago, and they headlined one of the nights. Shaky Knees? I, I, sha- I had Shaky Knees one day this week because I ate too much pimento and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> shaky Knees, pimento, and cheese. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. They've been doing interesting stuff, so... I don't know. I'm. I'm. I knew you were gonna dig it, though. Even though you're a fucking Criterion hack. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm also not a not a huge horror person, so I get if people feel like this is sort of like belittling the horror genre, or just saying that like they're, you know, just making a quick little horror movie. Which you know, I get that that could sound kind of offensive or whatever oh, yeah, um, yeah. if you're a big horror fan. But I mean, that's kind of how I went into it. You know. It's Foo Fighters acting, and they're the main people in the movie. I didn't expect it to be like anything besides just kind of fun. Yeah, well, Dave Grohl's uh, actually, he's not bad. Yeah. And he gets possessed and he uh, writes a 40 minute long metal song or whatever that they're recording. And yeah, it's definitely not a Foo Fighters track, but I think like there's enough in the movie to make it like believable that it's happening, you know, like Dude, that it's- how, how unfunny were the jokes that were like written. You could tell they wrote them where it's like, Hey, okay, we're going to record our album. And they start playing like Everlong on the guitar. And they're like, Dude, uh, yeah, we already wrote that. And he's like, what? <laughs> that was oh, pretty lame. Really? <sighs> I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that till right now. Dude, I was cringing. And there's like, you know, it happens like three times and you're like, Oh God. Yeah. I- uh, Randy, this is apropos of nothing, but uh, did you recently uh, lose power in your apartment? No, that's been like that for weeks. Also, the I'm, oven. Yeah, 
Okay. I'm also a huge fan of Edgar Allan Apropos. Edgar <laughs> Allan Apropos. That's pretty good. That's that's the best work you've brought to this I show know. in quite some I'm time. I'm on my A game today. Congratulations. <laughs> I enjoy that very much. Randy, what else you got? Uh, one day I'll get to the clock on my uh, oven, but yeah, don't, don't worry about it. No one, no one listening can see it. Randy, it takes uh, no more than five U.S. seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always have my phone or like a watch on me, an Apple watch, you know, so I, I don't rely on it for the time. I don't know. I, do you think we got to go out to Atlanta to fix his oven? I do think it is a sign of a society crumbling when our <laughs> oven timer is blinking. Right. Also, <laughs> I don't know how you noticed that. I am. You're a high level voyeur. Prescient, dude. You're fucking. Your eyes are scraping all over the screen. That's what's going I'm, on. I'm, I'm tuned in right now. I got a baseball game in the top of the ninth. I'm listening to Randy talk about shit. We need medication for you quickly. I told you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I saw this week that I will talk about now is a movie called Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. Yeah, I mean to watch this. Wait, that's the graphic novel you bought. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Romanian film directed by Radu Jude. Uh, it is essentially about the main character in the movie named Emmy. She is a school teacher. And um, her and her boyfriend, husband, whatever, they <laughs> make a sex tape and they upload it to like this. Uh, it's like a fetish site that I guess it's like a private thing. It's not like Pornhub. And they upload it there and um, <laughs> someone downloads it and uh, uploads it to Pornhub. And um, everyone, well, not everyone, but, you know, a lot of people see it and then. People at the school, parents and teachers and stuff are worried uh, that this sex tape is out there um, of one of the teachers at the school, and uh, they want her out, essentially. So she's kind of dealing with that, and then the last... So it's told in, like, three parts, essentially. And the last part is this very, like, absurdist section. It's, like, 40 minutes long where she is, like, you know, at a table and everyone else... It's outside, and it's, like, a lit like kind of a little neon-y and there's like a, a bunch of just weird stuff happening. It's very uh, satirical. There's a lot of um, funny conversations and a lot of people start, you know, saying obscenities at her and stuff. And then they <laughs> get into like essentially almost like Romanian QAnon conspiracies. There's, there's a lot going on in this movie. Oh, um, But the movie opens essentially the first third of it is very like, documentary just kind of like observing the city of bucharest which is where it takes place um so she's essentially like walking through the streets of bucharest the camera is doing a lot of like slow pans to like essentially like show you the city like it's very uh an old city it looks like it's been through some shit but there's also like a lot of modernization and stuff and then she essentially like gets the gets a call saying that like the tape's been leaked and whatever and she doing some errands and she like meets up with her family and they're like, Oh yeah, we think we got it taken care of. Like it's, it shouldn't be out there anymore. But then they find out it's on Pornhub and all that. And then the second portion of this movie, uh, is essentially like a mixed media, like a video essay. So part two is called a short dictionary of anecdotes, signs and wonders. And it's essentially, essentially just like really click or really quick, like, um, vignettes essentially. So there'll be like, a word and then like the person will narrate something and there'll be like 
a video or some like stock footage. Like there's a lot of, it goes into a lot of like history about like Romania and like sort of like war and like uprisings and stuff that went on there. But there's also like some very just funny stuff. And then there's a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of, there's a couple scenes of graphic nudity. I should also mention that this movie starts off with the uh, sex tape that they make. Um, it is not stimulated. It is a real, uh, very graphic sex scene for about, I don't know, three minutes, something like that. So good. Starts off with a bang, no pun intended. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that then it's, it ends essentially, yeah, with that court of like a, sort of like a court trial type of thing. And it's a, it's a wild movie. It's very, I haven't really seen much like it. The, that second, like middle portion kind of feels like one of the more, like stuffier Godard films that are like very like political. Oh. Um, but it's interesting. It's like the beginning, like first third is like showing you a lot of like what Bucharest looked like. And if you don't really know anything about Romania, because I don't know anything about anything besides uh, my own country, which I barely know anything about. <laughs> and uh, so you're kind of just like kind of getting a vibe of like, you know, what it looks like. And then the second portion kind of like fills in kind of like the history. And so it's like, I don't know. I thought it was very, very interesting, all that stuff. And then the end is very, uh, very fun, very goofy. Um, yeah, it's very heightened, like all the characters that are kind of like putting her on trial for having a sex tape that is out online. Um, yeah, this movie played a lot of the big festivals last year. Um, reviews seem to be very much divisive either people give it like a one star or like a four and a half or five star mm -hmm. um it's good I, I i really dug it it's probably like a, a solid four for me all right i got like five comments to make here we go number Do one it. one um this is the most animated i've seen you review a movie i think ever yeah did you like it like what, what would you give it he said four yeah give it a four i don't i think i don't know for some reason there was a a lot to chew on, I guess, in the movie. Like, I think people could find the first third very boring, but I liked the curiosity of the camera. And considering I don't know much about Bucharest, yeah, it was just like, I'm also a, a big proponent of walking through cities, like, <laughs> just like being on tour and stuff. Like, when you had like hours to kill, I would have friends that would just like sit at a coffee shop and just like read, which. You know, that's cool, too. But I was always like, I want to just, like, walk around and, like, see what the vibe is, you know? But, um, what, but Randy, what if you were in Venice because the streets are made of water? <laughs> There's some actual streets there, too. They're not all canals. Is that like a Don't Look Now reference? <laughs> Could be. I've been to Venice. It's beautiful. Okay. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I was just really uh, tuned into it. And I just, yeah, it was interesting and uh i think it plays a good like uh highbrow lowbrow type of like yeah mix um, that was like very interesting for me HBLB. I, I don't know the like stuffy godard thing makes me like worried that uh you know they do like a lowbrow thing that actually is high art but they need yeah. to double down on like hey we know how to make a movie i you know we get a lot of that in like found footage where you're kind of like, hey, I understand what I'm doing. Let me prove it to you. And it's like, you don't have to do that. But um, whenever there's like a movie surrounded, you know, like a movie built around like footage, like it, like The Ring, like for a non-found footage example. Yeah. Really, you they really put it on a pedestal. And I, I don't know. 
Actually, Benny's videos kind of like that, where they show the video up front. Sure. I think that's the way you got to do it. You just show the audience, let them digest it, and then the aftermath. And I'm yeah. glad that it was explicit porn. Because if oh, it yeah. wasn't the whole movie, I feel like you just pull the carpet out. You're like, well, if they don't, if they're not showing any like genitalia. Also, yeah. what was the relation between the two people? Are they really like together? They were, yeah. Okay, I think you did mention that early on, but yeah. When I uh, so it's available on iTunes to rent or buy, and um, it says so. It says the title, but then it says, um, you know, uncensored theatrical version or whatever. I don't know how they would make a version of this that isn't highly yeah. explicit because, like you said, it's. <clears throat> It's very important that you're seeing the uh, the tape up front, and if they were to like skip that, so the credits play like right after that, uh, like the opening credits. So it's like, in theory, I guess you could cut that out and just like imply that there's a sex tape out there. But yeah, I don't know. It's like maybe some people might have an issue with it and saying that like you know you didn't need to see it, but I felt like it was impactful to kind of see it um, up front for sure. Hey, whatever happened to that holiday movie? Remember that one that has that like brutal rape in it? Oh yeah. yeah. And there's like like I kept hearing that people said that like that rape, especially a portion where there's like the portion of like a forced oral interaction was uh removed. Is that yeah, I think I may have mentioned that. I think I you saw did. a uh yeah, a a more cut version. Man, I had one of the best moments ever, though, where uh, people walked out of that screening and we had brought like um, like we brought Terrell out there who uh, I mean, it's a pretty rough film and it's not really like presented as an art house movie. Yeah. And we went over next door to Dalvia because we were at the Little Roxy and we had a drink and we were talking about it. And I was just like, you know, asking people, like, how did that make you feel like that it's set? you know, simulated that kind of like sex. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when I mentioned it was directed by a female, super interesting how it changed opinions there. Like it yeah. doesn't feel as dirty. And then you start to wonder why. And, uh, I don't know. I think gender is important in making films, but it's really like, sure. I don't know. I, I went on a tangent there. Those people walking out to left after that. After. Scene. It's like they waited for that scene to come up and then they made a show of like leaving. Yeah. Maybe because so, they were sitting in front of us. It felt like a show to me, but like, yeah. No, for sure. And, you know, bad luck banging. They do the, they just give it to you in the beginning. <laughs> so you can watch the porn and then bounce. <laughs> yeah. Get in and nope. get out. We got any chance that porn is actually going to end up on Pornhub? <laughs> you think somebody will cut that and just throw it up there? Maybe. I mean, fucking. I'll do Ken some research Park. and come back. Wasn't Ken Park on like motherless.com or something? It's, it's, it's made the rounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, this played at the Roxy. Oh, yep. um, it did, I, yeah. I was going to go see it there, but they had weird times. And I was also going to go see something that's at the Roxy right now. Times are terrible uh, of what I want to see it. And, uh, the times are tough. Didn't I, you hear David Lynch? <laughs> I was going to see it yesterday, but it was only at the Little Roxy. And I didn't want to go to the Little Roxy. Why? Because the way they treat you when you walk in? Thank you. They're like, oh, hi, Clark. Like, and they hey, bow and they roll my up. theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but that film is uh, one shot. It's called Night Ride. It's a uh, one take. Nah. But it's out for rental now, so I'll probably talk about that next week. Randy, you got anything else? I do not, know. Yesterday, I saw two movies. We're going to talk about both of those movies, but before we get to the movies, also, I'm not going to talk about one of the movies that I queued up. We're going to move forward. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to talk about a television series oh, no. that came out this year. It just concluded this past week. 
and it is starred by and produced by one of the more famous names in the culinary arts. Euphoria. What? <laughs> I was just taking a guess. Gordon Ramsay. Oh, that was next. So this is not Dicktown. This is not Dicktown, although you know your boy loves some Dicktown. Very good. Check out, check out Dicktown on FX. X, whatever they're doing over there. Triple X? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you find Dicktown on Triple XXX? Bad luck banging Dicktown. All right. This is on Fox. <laughs> One X. X. <laughs> this is called Next Level Chef. Now, what Next Level Chef is, it is, there is no exaggeration. It is exactly like the 2020 film the platform. Oh, I don't want to do subtitles. But as a cooking competition. <laughs> it is exactly that film where you've got they've got a they've got three kitchens on top of one another. Uh-huh. Um and it's like you're looking at a diorama of like a dollhouse. Okay. And so then you've got three kitchens. Uh the top floor is state of the art Tip top, every gadget you ever want there. You've got the top of the line appliances. You've got everything you could possibly need. The middle kitchen is like an industrial kitchen. It's going to get the job done. Yeah. The bottom kitchen, they made that thing look horrible. Like a bathroom. Um, the appliances are trash. The knives are dull. <laughs> you don't have a mixer. You've got no extra toys down there whatsoever. And also, there's a platform. So you have a theme for each challenge. And the platform comes down. You have 30 seconds to get all your ingredients from the platform. Then you cook. Oh. And then the ones at the last level, they get the scraps. But they have to compete with the people on the top floor. Do they oh. have a limit on how many ingredients they can take? Like No. Now, when you said literally, I thought... A hundred people sign up and they get locked up in a room and three chefs feed them and they have to pick one. And I was like, is this legal? What you laid it out. It makes sense now. Yeah. It, it actually is, sounds kind of cool. I watched the whole thing this week. So how do, how do people get their level? Like, uh, do they just have like a renowned chef on top so and- for the majority of the show out outside of the finale? Um, they were each week, a team picks a key card. And it's randomly assigned. Oh, okay. So they, they don't know. They could end up at the bottom three weeks in a row. And then Gordon Ramsay is a judge? Yes, along with uh, two other celebrity chefs. That are... what's Okay, Gordon Ramsay, people love him because he's like the Simon Cowell of cooking, right? Essentially, yeah, that's the best way to put it. And does he actually bring any, like, like what... Have you ever been to his restaurants in Vegas? No. Like. Because I've only heard not great things about him. Well, he's got five, I think. We went, we were uh, very drunk, and we went to the fish place. Fish on, and chips, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was fantastic. But I was very drunk, so I'm like, you know. No, I mean, that would have been fantastic either way. Okay, and I, I'd like to think that, but I'm like, does he really have any weight? Like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, like, he's, he's a brand. Yeah, for sure. He's like my favorite he, John Taffer. And he is a global brand. Yeah, I actually think John Taffer's better at it than him. Well, it's it's a little different, right? Uh, but you know, they both they both not her run a business. Well, I wouldn't ask this about John Taffer because I feel like that dude's authentic on camera. Where Gordon Ramsay, I'm like, he kind of feels like Simon Cowell. Where I'm like, are they hamming it up right now? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I love Bar Rescue too. I. We've been like watching a, a lot of Bar Rescue. I know. Until your fucking Paramount Plus ran out. I don't. I was very bummed. Don't get me started on Paramount Plus. 
they didn't get their act together over there. Um, and then also we will talk about the Batman, but before we talk about the Batman, which Randy has not yet seen. Yeah, what the fuck? I thought yeah, you liked film. Yeah, dude. What's wrong, man? You're you're like <laughs> you're like Mr. Robert Pattinson, man. You love that guy, man. He's great. I almost thought about seeing it Saturday morning, but I uh went to bed very late Friday night and then I did not feel like leaving the house on Saturday. I also maybe had three beers and didn't feel great Saturday morning. <laughs> I just had a slight neck slash headache. It wasn't like hangover, hangover, but low energy. Champions play through the pain. Robert Pattinson <laughs> needed you this weekend so that the Batman could open. So it could make $132 million plus another 16 or whatever it would have costed. I saw to look that up. How much has the Batman made thus far? It just came out on Thursday, and today is Sunday. So what are we talking about next? We're going to talk about the movie that I watched after I saw the Batman. I came home, was going to figure out what I was going to watch on Saturday afternoon. And uh, as we had talked about, I had just resubscribed to the Hulu oh. platform because so I can watch the aforementioned Dick Town. Did you want the U.S. and Canada or the worldwide? Let's go wild and get them both. Yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me worldwide, then give me domestic, please. Worldwide is 248 million. Whoa. That is, that is more than I thought. Me too. <laughs> wow, money means nothing. What is it fucking All right, mean? so it's 245 worldwide. 48. 248 worldwide. Get it right, dude. I'm going to say domestic. Don't jip at three mil. <laughs> 100 mil. 120. You win. 128. Oh, look at that. 128 million. That's pretty good. Fuck yeah. Well, he still needed you, Randy. You so failed. The Batman. <laughs> so I watched Fresh Choice on Hulu. The documentary. Um, I've been seeing seeing a couple things on, you know, various social medias uh regarding this new feature that uh this came out last week or this I think week? it came out Friday. Okay. Well, I saw it. The day after. Now, here's the thing, guys. They're they're not in the promotion and in the description of the films. They don't really talk about what the film is about. So do you want me to get into specifics here? Or do you want me to try to paint around what this movie is? Also, we need to have a brief discussion that I am not a fan of this film. Hell yeah, me neither. Spoiler. Okay, I don't... Randy, I you saw it? Yeah, I saw it last night after Bad Luck Banging. Oh, my man. Well, I don't know anything about it. I have heard uh, people are coming out of my peripherals all over talking about it, though. So, I, you know, I think we're going to get a little deep into the next two films. Keep it. Uh, don't don't ruin nothing. I'm going to I'll watch it after. <sighs> Come on. We got two movies we can dig into. Or I, go I, ahead. I, I at least have to say what the movie is about. Okay. okay. Fresh choice. I know. I've been there. I love that restaurant. It deals with cannibalism. Uh, not on the menu when I went. But... We'll keep it. We'll keep it there. Uh, this is starring. Is that a spoiler, Randy? No. Look at the poster. Okay. I mean, I feel like if it didn't deal with cannibalism, I'd be here's very here's the thing. There there oh. are there are interesting things in this movie. The movie is not interesting. Okay. Um, it's, it's, uh, this is what I call a meatloaf movie. <gasps> R.I.P. <laughs> <What? laughs> 
And what I mean by meatloaf movies is that if you break down meatloaf, <laughs> I like all of the ingredients that go into meatloaf. But the combination of everything is something that I don't want to touch with a 39 and a half foot pole. I hate meatloaf. So when you combine everything together, it's a fucking mess. You're making me hungry. And that's what this film is to me. There are interesting components here. Um, I think casting is a problem here. I think Sebastian Stan is, he's very handsome. Sebastian Stanhope? He's nice to look at. (laughs) I'm a heterosexual, but I know what a good looking man looks like. And he's a nice looking man. I hate them all. And I think he's charismatic. I think he does a good job. Randy, have you seen him in the uh, the Pam and Tommy? I have, yeah. I, he's very good in Pam and Tommy. What'd you think of him in this? Didn't really care for it. It didn't like, work. Once it, it was kind of one note a little bit. Like, he didn't really, I guess the movie, uh, you would say, gets darker, but I didn't really feel like his character really, like, change at all. Like, in Pam and Tommy, there's scenes where he's like, He's still kind of a piece of shit, but he's like, can be charming in that show. But then there's yeah. scenes where he could be like, scary at the same time. To, to his credit, I think the problems that we have with him in this is, is not fully his fault. Yeah. Because th- I, think, I think we have very clear character issues here yeah. um, where they're not really thought out. Because when you really break down everything here and the motivations and just it didn't make sense. Um, And I and also we didn't go in interesting directions at any given point. So essentially, and again, I'm trying to walk on tippy toes here, even though Russell has excused himself to go to the what I'm assuming is the restroom. But as we know about Russell going into the restroom with his very narrow urethra, he could be in there until next Friday. But. Um, the thing is, when you're dealing in this sort of, um, black market, right, um, where you're selling human meat, that right there is a very interesting premise. And we, and we could have opened up the landscape for exploration here. And we didn't do any of that. Instead, we get quick, very hastily, I'm going to say hastily put together, just B-roll afterthought footage of various people eating this meat. And we've got one guy in like uh, an S&M outfit, and then we've got a rich cowboy, and they're, they're have, they have plates that have pentagrams on them, and it's fucking lame and stupid. <laughs> yep. It pissed me off, because the, the potential there was for something else. I mean, this, this thing is also, uh, people are loving this movie. Yeah. And they're loving this movie because of what it could have been. Not of what sure. it is. Also, the friend character had nothing, had no character development besides that she was her friend. None whatsoever. That was bizarre to me. And then also yeah. her friend. So we've got one friend looking for another friend. That friend gets kidnapped. And then that other friend has another friend. And he's like, oh, hell no, I'm leaving. And he fucking bounces. <laughs> also, the husband-wife component here. Um that's also that was also a dud. I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, they telegraphed that 
to pieces. And then you realize that, you know, she's running the show. But I mean, honestly, it, we have severe, severe uh, character development issues here. And there is no substance to this whatsoever. And that's my issue with Sebastian Stan's character is because he's dancing the 80s music. He's cutting up, cutting, cutting up human meat, talking about all this stuff. And he's a charismatic guy, but they it's all sizzle and no steak. Pun intended. Nice. There is nothing <laughs> happening here. Um, and I, I'm going to be also completely honest. The last 10 minutes of this movie, I kind of fast forwarded because oh. I'm like, I am done. Wow. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> I got, I got upset. I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way because of just the, the, it just, every crossroads we had in this movie, I feel like we went the more uninteresting route. Agreed. Also, you did a pun. Can I do one now? Yes, sir. Hey, Fresh, you know what? You're rotten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that Got him. I, I liked it. I know. I didn't <laughs> regret it. I mean, we all saw it coming. Um, yeah, man. I, I didn't love it. I, I, Russ I, and Oksana would be interested uh, to know your guys' thoughts here. All right. I mean, we could do a retread. Once, once we're out of the festival land, well, there'll be more time for fun. All right, let's get into it. Matt Reeves, the Batman, with Robert Pattinson, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I thought it was Epstein. Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband. <laughs> What's it? Skarsgård? Sarsgård? Sarsgård. Uh, Sarsgård. Peter Sarsgård. Randy, you know him. <laughs> I know him. I don't know. I get his last name confused as well. Okay. I think it's Sarsgård. It is. Thank you so much. Producers pulling weight today. <laughs> they did not shoot that they were married. I love it. All right. Here's the thing. Now, Randy has not seen the Batman. Russell and I have seen the Batman. So we're going to talk about the Batman. Russell, you said we, we don't want the spoilers right now. Want to keep I, don't, this? I don't really think you can spoil this three-hour movie. I, let I me personally don't right. care if that's what you're worried about. Yeah. I was um, I was talking to Oksana yesterday, and I told her of like, I don't remember the first act at all, but I think it was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. This thing... It's super long, and I, I don't I, I I had a good time going to see this in the theater. I was I didn't I was not bored in the three hour runtime, but so much stuff happens, and there's a lot of good stuff early that I just kind of gets weighted down by other stuff that eventually I didn't care about as much, and that primarily what I'm talking about is Paul Dano's character. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a spoiler. I take it back. <laughs> now, I think I think it's worth uh, mentioning how we had uh, night and day different experiences here, uh, yeah. as in literally. Yes. <laughs> we saw the movie at, uh, I believe our start time was 10.55 p.m. We saw these uh, movies 12 hours apart. 12 hours. And so, again, we were hanging out with Terrell, and we were uh, doing stuff, and he was like, all right, let's go. And he, he said that at 10.40. Actually, I think it might have been 10.30. Yeah, it was like and me and Oksana were like, you have fun. 
because we know the fucking movie theater and they're going to give us 40 minutes of trailers, especially before a movie like this. And he was like, are you, are you joking? We're not going to go. And I was like, we'll meet you there. I believe we left the house at 1055 when no. the start, it was, I'm, we it were was dri- like 1050. Probably. We were driving and I'm like, I think we might've fucked this one up. Like we left too late, but we got there still had 25 minutes of trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we were coming into a three hour movie near midnight and I was a little worried I'd be falling asleep. So I was trying to be awake and I, I was kind of excited. I mean, gothic batman like emo batman like i'm like there's potential here man the movie opened up and i was in i was completely in uh this movie has a tone that is more like a horror movie and everybody always talks about how like batman scares the villains right that's a theme here this is the first one that really felt like they did it and we get a cool kind of warriors type gang on a on a like subway train loved it they look scary like if they were on a train i'd move away from them too and, uh, you know, everybody's fear comes out where it's like, hey, that guy moved away. Let's follow him. It's like, that's the fear you have when you're in that situation. And uh, Batman is kind of a ghost in the beginning of this movie. And, you know, we get a lot of also the directing. I I know you mentioned you weren't that into it. I fucking loved it. I thought the way they shot the there city, were specific things where and we'll, we'll get into okay. one scene specifically. I think what this movie is built out of, like the mise-en-scene of the film is incredible. I thought they filmed the city in a way that I'm not used to. Everything looked dirty. It looked like like, you know how the Joker is kind of like an incel like favorite now. It's like, oh, the, the quiet guy can't get a girl like I feel alone in the city. We're not doing any of that. This is kind of like, hey, this city's fucked up, like in a uh, everybody's dirty kind of way. And we get a guy robbing a store that feels he gets out and sees the bat signal, which is normally a hilarious idea. And he gets terrified in a palpable way. And even the bat signal looks fucking rugged. Yeah. It's like a bent up metal thing with somebody shoved a bat thing. Like nothing looks high produced in this movie, except it is because this world is completely lived in. I, w- I was completely smitten. Then we get Robert Patterson, like as Pattinson, Pattinson as a uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. There's a weird thing going on there because it's almost like he puts on a power suit. Well, we didn't get a whole lot of him as Bruce Wayne. We don't. And I kind of like that. Like, uh, if when we're talking about uh, Edgar Allan Apropos, he's really living that. He looks like an, like an emo kid who... I think that on paper, he may be the more... the On paper. Yeah. The most interesting choice for a Bruce Wayne. Well, he's different. Exactly. He doesn't have that athletic build, no. per se. You know, like he doesn't have that square jawline. Well, he, he's an um, anti playboy. Yes. Yeah. And I think that works. He does have a good jawline, though. He does have a He has a good jawline. Okay, but it's not an athletic. No, and, and it's it's almost hilarious. Because, okay, now if we're going to try and take a different look at Batman. I mean, okay, so Marvel versus DC. Marvel has a bunch of different kind of characters doing a bunch of different things at the same time. DC is kind of like a uh, Greek pantheon of gods where we take the characters and relive things in different tones all the time. This one I felt is the most unique, mainly because I've never seen a Batman where when he was walking around as Bruce Wayne, you thought he was vulnerable. Like, I'm like, oh, you could get killed right now. Like, get back in that suit 
because you're a wimp. And if he was wearing eyeliner, I would have bought it. He was, dude, Randy, gratuitous use of Nirvana in the soundtrack. Something in the way. And I'll tell you, I was kind of here for it. I was like, dude, if you're going to be depressed and you're, you know, slumped over on your dirty couch with a shotgun in your mouth, that song's probably playing. And it really helped Robert. And it, I'm just like, also his tower. Yeah. That was a, that was a, like, uh, this is a fucking Jeff Bezos world. And this is the yacht of all the Kings kind of thing. But see, to play the adv- the devil's advocate here, I thought he was an incredible Batman. Mm-hmm. Honestly, hey, one of he may be my favorite Batman. Also, another thing in that movie, there's a lot of just whispering all the time. And, and there's moments where you're like, you're in a parking garage and there's nobody around. Yeah. Why are you both doing that? He's, he's great. But I loved it. And I felt like it was fully realized. It's gritty. Also, let's talk about the fucking penguin. That's the, Colin that's the best. Colin Farrell is a, he's a global treasure. What a great execution of the penguin. Great. Build up for part two. A little bit. You know, I it kind of bums me out when I think about this having a sequel. Also, it kind of bums me out when I think all this excitement I have right now, the first the first act of this movie, I fucking loved it. I'm like, dude, I think this is my favorite Batman movie. Like, right now, I, I really do. And then we get introduced to fucking Riddler. He's terrifying. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, they did the social media thing. Yeah. He's a domestic terrorist. Uh, they... Uh, I loved it. And but then he gets caught by the third act. Now I said it was a light spoiler. Cause I didn't know Paul Dano was in this movie. Yeah. And when I saw who he was, I was kind of like, Oh, that that's cool. And then I didn't like it anymore for 15 years. I've been trying to figure out if I like Paul Dano or not. I, I didn't like him in this. And, uh, I, they shouldn't have took the mask off. And it's funny because the whole movie's kind of about that. Like, I, I don't know if you picked up on it, but like Batman doesn't ever call himself that in this movie. They do the vengeance thing. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Because, you know, I, I should mention, when I came into this movie, I knew absolutely nothing. The only thing I'd heard was that it was woke. And I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. Uh, people <laughs> kind of put that on everything now. Yeah. And there's one moment where Catwoman says, yo, it's a bunch of rich white people. And I'm like, is that white people? gave it that branding because i don't i'm not buying it like at all i actually think there's some interesting commentary on like responsibility of philanthropist well, rich people corruption in a metropolitan i know yeah right in like it's like i get it there's a conflict there but yeah the whole like you're not an orphan if you grow up rich i'm yeah. like eh, i feel like there's a you could give a little bit of pushback there still like a family dynamic that he clearly was robbed all right let's talk about the scene I had issues with, but it was also the scene that I, I had issues with it, but I also loved it. And that is the chase scene between Batman and the penguin. I thought about you right when that happened. First, uh, Randy, we have a new Batmobile. Tight. And the new Batmobile is fucking sick. Yeah. They actually <laughs> approved it for formula one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, look. It we got a Ford versus Ferrari situation oh with a new Batmobile. Um, how did you, did you like how they introed it? Yeah, it's like everything Randy in here is like they play with audience anticipation. So mm-hmm. even the fucking Batmobile was in a shadow. Well, and it's roaring. It's and, it's like a monster, and it's like this and is it's also cool. like an homage to Christine or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why in that scene 
Batman is a slasher. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your thesis here? Because if you look at it from the perspective of the penguin... Oh, he's being he's being pursued. You know, I'm laughing. He at thinks you. he runs away, and Batman comes through the flames. Also, the the reason why I have issues with that scene, I am so tired of chase scenes in the dark and in the rain. And this was also heavy, heavy CG. Yeah, it wasn't bad though. It didn't look great on in on that giant screen in theater one. Okay, you saw. Well, I saw it XD. So, I mean, I'm not far behind. It, it, I didn't love it. Well, I mean, that's really a like soundscape. Moment I too. want practical, baby. You know, my, my only issue with the chase scene, Nolan would have done a better chase scene. Well, it's kind of like you know when you keep amping things up, eventually you start to be like, okay, I get it. it was like heavily, they're situated. both driving against traffic. An eighteen wheeler flips. Then there's a ramp. Like, okay. Uh, it was kind of cool because a lot of that movie is so slow paced, which I actually really loved. Yeah. The thing I didn't like, uh, why was there no repercussions for that? I'm like, how many people died in that chase scene? I know. And I'm like, yeah. no- nothing happened. It's like Batman. You killed some folks, dude. And, you know, I I was laughing when you mentioned the slasher thing, but I honestly, I think that might have been the intent of the film is like, hey, uh, there's a lot of collateral damage. You're yeah. bad boys in it. And uh, you're fucking up the city just like they are. Yeah. Uh, also, I you know I think uh, I don't know if it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the movie, they do a thing with social media, kind of like radicalizing people, and uh, that's one of my new favorite things. I, I, again, I think it's Scream Five, where it's like I was radicalized by the message boards. I'm like, oh, that's what we're doing here. Oh, and did you stick around for the post credit thing? No, we didn't either. And Charles was like, there's no post credits. Let's go. I got work in the morning. And I mean, it was fucking like 3 a.m. So <laughs> I wasn't going to fight. But there is a post credit thing. Was it more from uh, the visitor we had in the prison? No. Uh, thank God, no. Because you uh, know who that is. I, you know, I fucking hated that, by the way. Don't talk about it too much because. But do you know who that actor is? Uh, no idea. Barry Keegan. Uh, nope. Nothing. Uh, the Green Knight. Uh, killing of okay, a sacred deer. I, you know what? I I get it. That's cool. I just I fucking hated that moment. That felt like really like well because he's supposed to be. Uh... I know it's fine. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: at the end of the movie, uh, I guess there's a post credit scene where they put up a uh, a website, and it's the website that Batman goes to in the movie. And if you go there, it's kind of an ARG. Oh God! So you can do the thing where it's like you know you type in answers and you get riddles. Yeah, my favorite line of the movie. <clears throat> URL. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Dude, I loved it. Like, there was something about the approach to that film that when they were hamming it up, it just worked. Now, in in the Alamo, um, as you know, the pre-show at any any screening you go to that one, they have a pre-show that is programmed. Yeah. To set you up. Yeah, to set you up. Um, They showed a lot of stuff from Seven. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, that no, makes total sense. Yeah, here. completely. Because you definitely, you definitely get that. Because it, this is, uh, Randy. This, it's a, it's very heavy in the procedural aspect of things. And yeah. we're, we're doing a lot. Cool. Also, uh, Robert Pattinson. Kudos to you for being the quickest rid, uh, riddle solver of oh, all yeah. time. <laughs> we didn't fuck around. No, it's like, oh man. You know, there's one of my favorite things about this film is just Batman looking at people. And then them looking at him, like they do a lot of little kid stuff with him. 
and uh, they don't really talk about it. Actually, you know what? Great navigation of exposition in this film until we do. And uh, fucking um, God, I can't think of his goddamn butler's name. Alfred. Alfred. He's just an exposition dump. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. There's a moment where he's like, remember, you're dead. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I, there I was a good man. <laughs> dude, I, dude, Randy, you got to check it out, though. I think there is some real film merit here. Yeah. And just as like, and it works, as, it does work as like kind of a horror film. But that fucking third act, you're just tired of it by then. That's the thing, man. I, I enjoyed this. But I was I was prepared to love it. I I, I love everything that Matt Reeves has done, and I I think that um, what he did with the Planet of the Apes franchise was incredible. Uh, Let Me In obviously is is uh, huge. Uh, Cloverfield. I mean, he started. I mean, this is a found footage guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there was a lot of it. The mixed media stuff. Yeah. I think that's why I liked Riddler because when they show him on a phone and he's like threatening people, and dude, his voice was scary. I was really into it. Now we, I also got a uh, direct message from a friend of the show, uh, from the blob show. Oh, right. Uh, Tony, um, he said, uh, he said more like Shatman. Oh, he didn't like it. <laughs> I'm assuming he didn't like also, it. Also, I think Tony's the one that requested the film that we can't agree over the title on, uh, St. Ag- what? Ag- St. Agatha. Agatha. Was that it? Or is Ag- it just Ag- Agnes? Agnes. St. Agnes. Agnes. It's just Agnes. It's just Agnes. The other nun movie from last year. The other one. He was like, I want y'all to talk about that. We'll so watch, we're going to we'll do it for it. you. But, Still haven't um, seen it either. Two things before we move on. One, did you like low tech Batman? I think it was pretty interesting that he was like, you know, Batman is, you know, he's a millionaire that has gadgets as his like weapon. He had gadgets. Yeah, but he was not prepared. You would think he would have like uh, shit to su- shut down like electricity. Like a, what do they call those? Like a, what the fuck? Are, oh, that is true. He did. He did that old school. Yeah. Talking about did, an EMP. There, thank you, Randy. He, you, you know me. Well, because a, a lot of what he was fighting against was like public uh, belief. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what did you think of his, uh, let's call it his base moment? Oh, what? Where he's. Where it looks like the movie base. I, I mentioned that to you. Oh, free he, diving yeah, or yeah. I, kn- I thought it was like base. That was great. Which we're showing at the Big Roxy. So come out for that. That was great. <laughs> it was, yeah, I. There's something there's something there about him using like kind of manual hands-on technology. I had a couple of moments where I I kind of internally cheered. Yeah. I think that there were great moments here, but man, it really drags you down and the arc of where we get with our main villain here. It gets kind of tired. It gets very muddled. I like the 3-hour runtime though. I just wish it it didn't keep evolving. And we kept yeah. going back to the fucking um, John Wick Club, and I'm like, yeah, I'm with like, with John Turturro as the uh, the boss. Yeah, we spent too much time there, man. Yeah, I know, but I did like the mixed media stuff, and uh, I do like the idea of Batman being a, a millionaire who's not prepared to deal with like modern times. Ba billionaire. yeah. I'm sorry, it's billionaire. Um, but lastly, what did you think of uh of Mister Flasher's daughter being Catwoman? I thought she was great. I liked her too. I thought she was great. I thought she would annoy me. She didn't. She didn't annoy me at all. She and annoyed me in um, the HBO Max thing. I didn't love her. In what that. was she? In Kimmy. That? Kimmy. Kimmy from Rugrats. Kimmy. I th- honestly, she's the best Catwoman I've seen. I liked her a lot too. She was great. We had just come off watching Drag Race, and there's a uh, contestant named Georges that uh, Terrell loves, <laughs> and. 
I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, guys, she looks like Georgia, <laughs> which she really doesn't. The yeah. little Latina girl, but just like the very small. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't. You know what I don't like? I didn't like her mask. I didn't like the fucking like knit, like what ski beanie thing that she had pulled over. Oh, yeah. I wasn't into that. Oh, it was weird. It only covered her nose. Well, it felt very um uh like Batman Begins. Also, style. you said you didn't like her physicality. I really liked her physicality. Yeah, I think I did too. I I liked how. Yeah, again, Anne Hathaway did not work. For no, me. I really did not like her. Yeah. Anne Hathaway did not work for me. She deserved what that Romanian director did to her in uh, "Be My Cat." I mean, you know, <laughs> Zoe Kravitz comes across as more cat-like. <laughs> That's true. I did like how she had cats too. I thought there was a lot of good writing in this movie. <clears throat> oh, no. You have a lot of cats. <laughs> <laughs> there are moments of that where that are just you know jokes. I want to be very clear. I liked them. I thought he was great. Yeah, he's good. I thought he was great. I'm a fan of emo Batman. I I really <laughs> love it too. I, honestly, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But I, just something, it was just very very long. It didn't need to be that long. No, it didn't. I didn't. I, I again, I didn't feel held hostage no. at any point. But it was just there was a lot of stuff. A lot of I liked the first act a lot. Yeah, but by the time we were in the third act. It was a distant memory, friend. <laughs> and it was hard to pull some stuff. And you saw it in the morning. You I know, saw it 10A. Now, um, as we wrap this up, I do want to mention, I don't like it when people look at the time in the theater, because I always notice, and it always makes me feel like, what, you're not into it? You can't, like, what, we got 10 more minutes. You had to look at your fucking phone. I did it three times during this movie. I was like, where are we? Like, I couldn't get a feel for it, which I liked, but if it wasn't fucking 2.15 in the morning, I think I would have been a little bit more okay with it. But at one point, I looked at my phone, and I'm like, oh, it's 1.45. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Well, what time does this movie start? We had like 40 minutes of trailer, and I just felt lost, which was kind of nice, because I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll just sit here and watch it. (laughs) I think that's when you leaned over, and you're like, there's 90 minutes left. I did do that. (laughs) I feel bad about that. But Randy, definitely check it out. But imagine that you watch a movie and you're in there for a long time. And then I leaned over. I'm like, we got another movie left. (laughs) And it felt like it could have ended right now. Yeah. Like legitimately, it felt like credits and we would have been like five star movie. And we're like, we got 90 fucking more minutes here. Jeffrey Wright. He was a great uh, Gordon. You know, it's funny. I feel bad. I'm like, is that fucking uh, Jordan Peele up there? Like the way he was acting. I'm like, he's giving me a little bit of feel here. I felt he felt campy. I love him. He was great. I love him. I uh, I loved him as Gordon. He's great. But Gordon. I was like, is he doing a little bit of peel here? Like, I thought it was a great Gordon. He they loved it. And especially, you know what? I think I know what it is now. Because he's like the only black dude in that whole procedural that's like, because there's a big theme of corruption. Yeah. Do you think they were doing like a systemic racism thing? That didn't come across my mind. Did here's here's my problem with that. It's like race doesn't factor. I think it doesn't matter what nationality you are. Yeah. You'll fucking get corrupted. It's just corruption. Yeah, it's 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 just power. Also, what, uh, drop heads. What do you think about the drop, the drug thing? I don't know. Y- you know, when I have a dystopian fantasy drug, I love an inhaler. That's my favorite. Yeah. When people have like the asthma. Like, like uh, like, uh, dread. Yeah, like dread. Oh, man, I fucking love that. Dread's great. 
what were they doing? Were they like dropping acid in their Well, eye see, that or? was the thing. It's like, you know, they, they called them drop heads and we were at a very exclusive club. Yeah. And then we go to an abandoned yep. mental institution and then there's more drop heads there. It's kind of like fentanyl, yeah, I guess. I guess so, that you drop in your eye. <laughs> so it sounds like a party. Nice. Randy, stay away. I don't know what you kids are doing. <laughs> in the, in the I hear doing acid that way works well, too. Allegedly. Yeah. Acid in your eye? Yeah. Oh Acid in I've your heard of it. Eye. Or you could do it in your headband like Jimi Hendrix did. Okay. Is that what he did? Yeah, it'd be in his headband while he plays guitar. Is that how he played guitar so good? Also, fun fact, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead sold drugs to Jimi Hendrix. That's how old yeah. Lemmy was. But he's dead now, so that fact isn't as fun. He is dead. R.I.P. Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> My turn. What am I talking about? <coughs> Man, you know, the movie I get to talk about, we loved, uh, and I feel bad because we've been talking all day, and I'm tired, and I don't give a fuck. I'm joking. It's called fucking Wolfpack, and it came in a package from Vinegar Syndrome. This is a fantastic Blu-ray release. I uh, Every time I buy shit from Vinegar Syndrome, the presentation is so beautiful. The slipcases are like hard, nice cardboard. Terrell comes over, and he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it right now. Wolfpack. Now I, I got a little bit of beef with the case before we get into the movie. Yes, we got a limited edition. Not thing. the art. The art is wonderful. No, the art. Everything is great. There's just one thing about the physicality. Slip covers. You can usually take the Blu-ray out the top or the bottom. This one you can only go out the bottom because on the top they did another little branded thing. It says Wolf uh, Wolfpack. It's all um, elevated. Like you can feel it. You can feel the fucking. What what's the word I'm looking for here? openness embossed it's like braille yeah, i think yeah, embossed like yeah and they have a little thing it says edition of 5000 which as a collector you love that i got number uh 1046 congratulations fuck y'all to the other 3000 plus people behind me but um you got to take it out of the bottom so when i took it out of the bottom i'm like okay cool and then when i put it back in i fucking messed up the case it's so tight and crisp in here that it, it won't slide in perfectly please please don't take it out let me just say. No, I know because you're going to take it out and try and put it back in. I'm going to do it the it's, right no, way. No, it's already tearing. I'm going to fix it. I can't give it I'm to gonna you. I'm going to fix it. Clark, he's got his hand over the table and he wants me to hand him the Blu ray. I'm not going to hand it to you. Let me fix it. I'm, no, this is it's a, in. It, this I'm is gonna, a measure of trust. No, okay. So the movie, uh, which uh, is called Wolfpack, I believe I talked about it, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. It's a high school football team that is uh, basically living out a metaphor of. A society run by SS? I don't know. It's a... Um, yes, it is a World War II allegory yeah. set in a high school football atmosphere. Now, uh, our lead character is um, named Sam Adams. Uh, no relation. Uh, there's a DeLorean that appears in the movie. Yep. Uh, no relation. Uh, oh, man. I don't even know where to go. What's with our character's this? name that uh, has the DeLorean? Squatch? Oh. Squint? Pudge? Pudge. His name's Pudge. He's an old man. Yeah. This movie's fucking bonkers. Now, insane. We cannot stress to you how strange this movie is. And, you know, when, when you talk about genre films every week, and we talk about too many on every episode, you start to think there aren't any left. And especially from, like, back in the 80s. And then fucking Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome digs something up like this. It's, a, what, a filmmaker who had come off of a career in porn. Yep. Wants to make his first non-porn film and decides to make it about a football team. Also, he knows nothing about football. The single-handedly, 
<laughs> without question, without any reservation, the worst football movie ever made. No man. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. It I, is. It is so evident. He has never. Now we also saw a special feature after we watched the film. Yeah, where the uh, director. Uh, can we get his name? Can you pull that up? I, um, I honestly, I could take the Blu-ray out of the slipcase to look at it, but I'm not taking it out. Bill Milling. So Bill Milling, thank you, Oksana. He mentioned he's like, well, I'm a casual football. I'm not even buying that bullshit. It's like he had never watched football a day in his life. The passes are like <laughs> Sid Luckman in the 30s, and then there's one. Wait, what does that reference mean? I at the early days of for the forward pass. Don't worry about it. There's two people out there okay, who understand that reference. <laughs> but I mean, the way they throw a football, he throws it all the way around. Like a windmill. Like a baseball. Like windmill. a windmill. Like a, a windmill. dunking a windmill. <laughs> football, you straight back and forth. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's almost parody. And also, there was the, every time they would throw a pass, it would be a kick. It was going end over end. Yeah. And then someone would catch it. And then, yay! Also, all the games apparently are done at 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> they were all day games it was you know i didn't even notice it until you pointed it out and i'm like well that is really is, weird man it's like high noon and they're 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 snapping the ball um i what a weird blender of politics and sports too i feel like you could make like i think a hoop dreams that's a yeah. movie that really does articulate like People being passionate about sports and kind of like God-given talent. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, and this this film just, it's really heavy-handed, and I feel like it doesn't really put a good, like, exclamation mark on its, like, theme. There are pep rallies that mirror, um, like, what, I don't know, Hitler on the podium with yeah. the, yeah, it's like, what are we doing here? Also, the school's kind of broken up into another Warriors kind of theme where if you go into the bathroom, you got to let the the comically dressed punk gang know. Otherwise, they're going to assume you're a narc. Yeah. And um, Sam Adams, you know, he's new to the high school. So he's just kind of like learning it as we do. He is also a foot taller than everyone else in the film. And a huge, like, uh, <laughs> fucking wimp. He gets beat up like three times in this movie, despite towering over people. He's a cop. Who's, who's <laughs> the one uh, member of the football team that does all the beating? He's like the chubby guy. That's, I I hate that kid. He was not intimidating. No. And he was supposed to be like the heavy. Yeah, he but he, he was literally heavy. He was just a fat piece of shit. <laughs> Wedge. His name was Wedge. Wedge. Um, there was a lot of like... Uh, he was also a rat. So we were also doing a, we were doing a little bit of a West Side Story thing here. So our giant player becomes a tight end for the football team. And uh, he actually turns the team around. They're just losing. They they fucking blow. And he joins and they start crushing it. And uh, unfortunately, the love interest he falls in love with is the dork who's running for the other political candidate. Oh, yeah. By the way, the quarterback of this team is also running for school president, which is a thing I never paid attention to in high school. Yeah. But everybody cares here. And uh, the dork that he falls in love with, um, Clark uh, had... Uh, Google eyes. Is it Google eyes or googly eyes? She was hot, dude. You, you had Google eyes and googly eyes. I had Google eyes. You're, <laughs> and he was very smitten until Oksana went, oh, she's got a weird toe. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't Tarantino people, dude. 
You did say that to her too. I had to make a note that Oksana was like, oh, she's got a weird toe down there. I wasn't, I was just, the, I wasn't saying that she's not like pretty or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no one has weirder toes than me. I think I could beat you. So I'm not fine with everyone. It. All toes are weird. No, my toes. Yeah, you still, no. you felt the need while we were in a theater atmosphere to shout out, she's got a weird toe. In that scene, I was correct. I can't remember. Was it green or something? Why, why did you call it out? No, it was just, I don't know, the little toe looked like, I don't know, like, thick, maybe? I don't know. Whoa. Oh, Pudge Purdy. <laughs> Pudge Purdy. I did write down his name. Also, um, the director in the uh, bonus feature talked about how he loved to put car washes in all his movies. <laughs> He's like, there's a lot of things going on in a car wash. Like, it's really interesting. And you're like, dude, you're a fucking hack. Also, he kept trying to, like, tie his movie to, like, Trump. And you're like, dude, you're grasping at straws and you're just trying to pander to people. Yeah. And honestly, I love watching movies by directors like that. Yeah. Because they make this fucking movie where they're where kids in the hallway are battling over whose posters on the wall, <laughs> which um, thank you, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, for including a vote boot. Vote boot. Vote boot. <laughs> Randy like Doss boot. I think so. Yeah. So so the the uh, the quarterback of. Now, let me be even more clear here. The backup quarterback to the team, mm -hmm. because the original quarterback of the team was the son of the head coach. Now, here was my problem with the film. I think it would have been more interesting had that character been the head coach and not the backup quarterback, who then the team sabotaged, got the starting quarterback hurt on purpose so they could bring in Jack Boot, Jack Butowski is his name, but everyone calls him <laughs> Boot. No, it it was interesting because the coach is a prime spot for like bullying, right? To like force people to do things they don't want to. And he was an interesting actor, and yeah, they gave good. him nothing to do, nothing. And his son was comically bad, yeah. but he also came up, and we were first introduced to him. He's Daddy, going, Daddy, can I talk to you on the sidelines, Daddy? <laughs> He's like, I'm not good. Please take me out. We're going to lose. I don't want to play football. And, and then, you know, cut to the huddle. And they're like, now's the time. Oh, the huddle. We're going to. Oh, the huddle. Oh. How do we not even mention? They had a huddle cam, which I mean, I'm sure you've seen in every football movie. Oh, my God. This one apparently was an early 360 technology <laughs> as it was completely fucking distorted out of focus every time. Every time it made your eyeballs. Break. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Wolfpack. Buy this movie. Uh, you got 3,000 of these limited edition self-destructing Blu-rays left. Uh, buy it. Buy two so you can open one and thrash it. You can put the poster on your wall. Beautiful double-sided poster. Beautiful. Um, Vinegar Syndrome, you guys rule, and, and And outside of the huddle, I thought the transfer looked great. Oh, yeah. No, it looked beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that huddle, either. though. Apparently, they couldn't salvage it. And but. also the ending of the movie. Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. They do this like, I don't, it's not going to ruin anything, but um, Sam Adams apparently has like PTSD from World War II. Not Sam Adams. Yeah, it was Sam Adams. No, Boot. That wasn't Boot. At the end, that was Boot. Oksana, help me out. Was that Boot or Sam Adams? It's 100% Boot. What? Why would it be Sam Adams? He won. I know. Boot lost. Hold Boot on, is singing at the end of the movie. All right. Well, you know, we're about to end the show. Randy does the beautiful plug. Randy's so good at his job. <laughs> and uh, 
email. Y'all watch this movie. The first person to email and, and you, were, you were losing your mind. I thought it was Sam Adams. Why would it be Sam Adams? Why would it be any of the characters? It's Boot. Why would they be playing an acoustic guitar in a dark locker room of singing uh, Johnny Comes Home or whatever? Yeah, it's it was like, the ants go marching. Randy, they play that. I don't know. I, also, because of Batman, I uh, want to circle back to that because I meant to mention it and I forgot. If I ever hear Ave Maria one more time. Oh, good point. Yeah. My God. I know. That was so annoying. That was. And then when when Paul Dano was singing it when the vans were exploding. Yeah, spoiler. Stuff. Who cares? That's not even a spoiler. Ooh, some fucking vans blow up and then you flood the city. You can't even spoil a three hour movie. You really can't. Because you won't remember half of it by the time you're done. I'm telling you right now. But also to circle back to Wolfpack. The music in that movie is fucking good. Yeah. Except for the the ants go. Actually, no, I take it back. They mm-hmm, had a synth mm-hmm, score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they did the thing mm-hmm, where like a character has a uh, a mm-hmm, uh, theme mm-hmm, and they put it in over mm-hmm. the music and it was hilarious. Do you remember when the guy walked in with the boombox in the lunch line? <laughs> the boombox was the there. boombox best character of the movie. All right. Yeah. Love Wolfpack. Wolf Everybody Pack. go buy that. All right. Anything else? I mean, I could. Any other plugs? Um, tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets yeah, the available. Tickets are out. Uh, buy tickets for uh, the Roxy Friday. Yeah, for base. Yeah, base. if you're only going to dip your toe in it, come out to base. Go to base. If you're if you're a true believer, you got to come out on St. Patrick's Day because that's that's the like personal party. Don't come out there if you don't want to mix and mingle. Yeah, because there's roofie and old beer. Don't come out unless. <laughs> You want to get your dick wet. That's why I'm not going. I'm not good at mixing or mingling. (laughs) Also, three beers give you a hangover, so. This is true. Three beer rain. Shout out to Christian, who I uh, hung out with and had beers on Friday. Oh, cellar dwellers? Correct, yeah. Tell that fuck we need the show back. We miss him. With you. Yeah, Yeah, me and him are going to start it over. Colby, if they ever find his body, God rest his soul. All right, Oksana, take us home. Stop giving this to me. Give it back to Randy. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>